and welcome to Pedagodzilla, the pedagogic podcast with the pop culture core here, live and on location at the Playful Learning Conference. I try that. Maybe without mocking people with speech impediments. I was thinking more along the lines of like, Playful Learning is so rad. I am just teasing. Mighty disco. I'm Mike. Hello. Um, I am your insensitive host. <laughs> Man with microphone imposter syndrome incarnate. And I am joined by... I'm Mark. I'm a regular on this. And, um, You're a co-host, Mark. I'm a co-host. Oh, oh yes. Okay. Promoted. Uh, um, yes. So, and it's very early in the morning, as you can tell. I'm only on my third coffee, which means I'm on slightly subpar this morning. Can you hear it? That voice is like on very. We all sound. We all sound like we've been at a festival. <laughs> <laughs> we pretty much have, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Liz. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also only two coffees in. Uh, yes, sir. Hi, I'm Liz. Um, I've been uh, drafted into the podcast a number of times and I've always enjoyed myself. So why not try on location as well? <laughs> um, and I'm Alice. I am a program manager at the Open University and first time on the podcast. It's not, do you know, it, it is your first time on the podcast, yeah. isn't it? It's not your first time on a podcast with me, though. That we is true. Learning innovation yeah. back in the day. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. We broke that was ground a great episode as well. That was mm. a really good episode. That was early days podcasting, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I might dig that out and republish it. I would, love, I would love to hear that again. That was such a good podcast. Yeah. And little did we know that... About critical digital pedagogy. Was it? Yeah, that's what we were talking about. That was in the DigiLab, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it was, yeah. It was quite echoey now, I think, about it. Yeah, no, it was. It was. Um, but it was good cutting your teeth exercise. Mm. So I'm reminiscing. Uh, by the way, we're all, if, if there's any like weird, awkward pauses, which I guess now actually, hello, future editing, Michael. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? Enjoy. <laughs> You're going to be all right, future Michael. We're all, You're going to be okay. We're all slightly dazed. Yeah. It's like, it's like yeah. Um, Not really with it today. No, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll kind of warm up as we go. So in these conversations, we're just talking with, let's be fair, some of the UK's top educators and edu practitioners, self-declared uh, <laughs> masters of their art and their field um, about the uh, the games that they're passionate about and if there's any intercept between that and that practice practice yeah practice <laughs> that'll do so um, let's start Liz can you tell me about a game that you are passionate about uh, and this could be a board game a sport a video game just some game that you're really passionate about um there was just a, like an insane number to choose from. So I think I'm going to go with a board game. Um, and I'm actually going to talk, I'm going to say Terraforming Mars, which is massive, sprawling board game. Um, and it's got some amazing, 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 amazing features. Um, and it's actually, it started out as a video game or as a, an app game, I think. Um, and then it became a board game. Which That's is why, why I waved my phone, phone at you. Yeah. So yes, my phone. yes, it was a good reminder, actually. Oh, okay. for that. Yeah. <laughs> you looked at me blankly thinking, forgotten. why is he waving his phone yeah, at me? Yeah, no, I completely, <laughs> I completely forgot. But yeah, no, and it's, the reason I love, the reason I love it is, is that, so first of all, I, we learned to play, I learned to play it at a, at a kind of a Waterstones board game drop-in which was really fun um and we just learned to play and it was just one of those games where it's just like what is going on with this game there's like a million pieces it takes up a massive table space there are tons of cards there's loads of little pieces and bits and little cubes and all sorts but once you get it it's like it's one of those games where the mechanics are so clever that you can actually you're all playing it is it is competitive so it's not cooperative which is a bit different for the games that I usually play but it is just 
you have that moment of everybody is having an individual game, but you're also having a collaborative game. And the, the one of the nicest things about it is, is if you play it with, so you can play it with new people and they have their special own way of entering the game. Whereas people who played it lots and lots and lots have their own way of entering the game. So you can actually have newbies and experts playing together um, in a way that's, that's, really, that's really elegant. That's really amazing. So are those the kind of the characteristics that attract you to the game? Um, I like it. I really like games where there's multiple ways to play. So I, I love little bits. And if I've got little tiles and little cubes and little things that look like things, if it's in miniature, I, I'm very happy. Um, but I really like games where you're seeing, where you're using a combination of cards that have different have different combinations of things, sending out little characters to do stuff. Um, and then you're kind of plotting multiple ways and then you gather the prestige points. Those are, I think that's a kind of a, a mechanic that I really like. And Alice, how about yourself? Tell me about a game that, well, tell me, me, it's just me. <laughs> There's only me at this table. <laughs> tell us, us, uh, about a game that you're passionate about. Um, so I think a game that Liz recommended to me a few years ago, um, Out Fox, which is a kids cooperative game, which I, yeah, um, played with my kids who were a bit younger at the time and loved and actually just got us into the whole world of cooperative games um there's a lovely little board game cafe near where we live that we like to go to and try out lots of games but the the way they play the cooperative games is so different and as they've grown over the last few years they're able to kind of pick up more complex cooperative games but it's a very different way I mean they still like being competitive but actually getting them into cooperative games and working together um, yeah, it just brings out a whole different side to, to board games. So. I mean, Outfox itself is just a really beautiful game. It's lovely. In that, in that it's actually quite a, I mean, it's almost like a murder mystery. Ah, uh, yes. Except that it's super cute and the art is gorgeous and yeah. it's really kid I, I love the little cards. The little machine, it's just so basic but so clever with the, the different spots and then it works, you know, it's all the deduction that you do with it. It's really cool. So. So hilariously, the first time we played it, because so we used to play board games with 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 friends regularly, and they bought the game for their kids, and they thought, okay, well we'll play it together as adults first to see how it works, and um, we got to the end, and we thought we deduced who the right person, who the person who which which fox had done had done the dastardly deed, um, and it turned out when we went to open the open at the end, it's like it was the wrong fox. We were like, how the hell did we manage to get that wrong? It turned out that my other half had basically put the card into the machine and had looked but he hadn't pushed it far enough now uh, so he saw the because it's bright orange yeah and he read the orange <laughs> as red and so yeah and we basically we've never let him live it down oh. so now it's just like uh, will uh, he be uh, able to manage because he never managed out fox oh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lovely game that one yeah so what are the, what are the kind of the characteristics that really attract you? you've mentioned you know the cooperative nature of it yeah it's quite simple it's but it's also quite clever the 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 way you have to um, you know the deduction and the, the the way the cards fit into the machine and being able to kind of work out what characteristics and then having to remember all of those elements that you've kind of eliminated um yeah and it's just and it's it's doable for the kids but it's also they get they really enjoy it they, it's really satisfying experience I think to have worked it out and feel like you've accomplished something and working together as a team to do it is pretty cool have you played it Mark no, I haven't. No, no. It's adorable. Oh, it's very nice. Right. You're not a big one for for sort of Colby board games, are you? No, I like cooperative. I prefer cooperative board really? games mainly because my kids are so competitive. That's the only way I can ever actually win anything. <laughs> um, but uh, no, no, the, co- the cooperative is, is not the only one I've really got a thing about. Is the whole um, social re- role play thing? 
I just feel so self-conscious about doing that. I can't do them. And the one I hate more than anything else is a game where you are all yelling things at each other and trying to do spaceship repair, spaceship things. Space alerts. Oh. Space I love alerts. that game. It, I only played it once and you can't play it more than once because it's so funny the once and then it just it's like cards against humanity funny one time mm. never play it again oh really oh I, I I have found cards against humanity repeatedly funny but that's <laughs> never because, playing with the wrong people oh yeah well I play with with, with people that really you just see an, an alternative side of them you just think oh my god that's <laughs> That's, it's basically my wife. She works in international development. She's about sort of supporting people's different alternative rights and things like that. And she always wins Cards Against Humanity because there's this dark humour side <laughs> to it that only comes out when you're playing that. So that's kind of why I love it, really. It's like, oh, my God, Anna, you know, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> so I think that's partly that's, – that's one I, I do like. But, no, that one just seemed to be the space alert, just seemed to have the – it's perfect storm of all the things I hate – in life, <laughs> yeah. people yelling at each other, trying to listen and talk at the same time, being trying to be. I mean, I mean, I know I've been accused of talking over people in this very podcast, but I'm so trying not to do that that it goes against the grain to talk while somebody else is talking, and I just cannot do. You know, I'm trying to go. I'm trying not to talk and waiting for a gap, and it doesn't work. <laughs> and space alert. So no, that's. that's oh, I need to try space alert. It sounds amazing. Mm. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> you, you just have to lean into the insanity of it. It yeah. really is just crazy. But it is also it is definitely loud, and you end up yelling at each other, and mm. you have to do it with good humour. And I do think it's a one-off game. Unless you play it once, and I don't think you play it again. Well, that's good. So let's take a step back from uh, from games for a second. Uh, and talk about uh, your practice. Um, this is worky practice, not like mm-hmm. game practice. Of you know, Liz sitting there training herself with games of Rococo every night. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Now that is that is the dream, really. So, Liz, um, yeah, just tell us about you know, yeah, what, what's the day today? What's your practice? Um, I would, I would, to be honest, um, it, it's going to sound really redundant. It's going to sound really redundant, but. Um, I'm very interested in sort of, so I sort of head a school of digital education. So basically my role is to, to, to teach those who, to try and help and teach those who teach to become better at what they do. Um, but I'm also trying to help the university become more, um, more effective at digital education because even if you've been doing it for a long time it's not something it's just constantly evolving so you have to you have to so I would say my practice is really practice based it's about trying to um take uh, what we learn through scholarship of learning and teaching take what we're learning from research um and, and really kind of bring it immediately back into practice so i'm very i really try focus really hard on on experiential learning on active learning um really like challenge based really like challenge based curriculum um you know kind of real world issues and 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 things like that and try very hard to encourage the people who i work with to bring their whole to bring their kind of own lived experience I guess into whatever it is that they're doing um but yeah so I think I think that's probably practice-based practice which just does not sound right um (laughs) so what I do yap on about a lot is that my practice tries to circle around kind of the idea of having a purposeful pedagogy so it could be any pedagogy you want it really could be it could be you could be whatever you're wanting to do but it has to be purposeful you have to have deliberately made the choice to be able to do to do something the way you want to do it or why you're doing it so you have to be kind of mindful about what you're doing so practice practice purposeful pedagogy <laughs> lots so of p's p, yeah p's the power of four yes pretty much 
And Alice, how about yourself? Yeah, this is an interesting one. So, um, <laughs> so my background is in learning design. Um, last time I was at Playful Learning in 2019, I was a learning designer at the Open University working with module teams. Now I'm in a completely different role. Um, so my role now is in um, change, changing the way we do things in a, in a leadership role. Um, so I had the opportunity to reflect on this yesterday in the um, Lego Serious Play session. And it was just thinking about how my role now is about enabling other people, other people's practice, making sure that there is time and space for really good quality learning design, evidence-based decision-making, all of the, the stuff that we know gives students the better experiences. But there's all this kind of institutional stuff that we have to get out of the way and make possible um so in a diff very so i'm not in a practice-based role anymore um but i feel like i'm there sort of enabling other people's practice yeah, your, your um, practice is enabling practice uh, it is there's a lot there's a lot of um in in enablers in enabling yeah, practice uh, that's the, the theme the yeah. Theme. yeah it's true actually yeah. i hadn't really thought i hadn't really thought about that i wonder how much of that is a function of also taking on a leadership role yeah which is the hardest part as well because you want to play the game you don't want to just yeah. be but, it, but then it gets to the point where actually you do have to take that step back and be watching other people play the game yeah yeah, although I think I am using playfulness in some of the work that I'm doing around change and thinking about the sort of organisational culture that we need that enables playfulness, the kind of workshops that we run, the sessions that we have, the approach, just even with my team encouraging playfulness and taking them out to Bletchley Park to play games and all kinds of things just because it's good for people and it sets that kind of tone and that culture. Um yeah, and also I guess for me the other thing that's different this year is um, I'm also now studying an apprenticeship, so a senior leader apprenticeship. So I'm also now on the student end of of all of the um, all of the teaching as well. So I'm seeing it from the other other perspective, um, which is yeah quite. It's all it all gets a bit meta, I have to it say, especially <laughs> when I'm having to write assignments about <clears throat> about the unit. It's all 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 of the assignments I'm doing are based on my institution and so I'm, I'm i'm a member of staff and a student at the institution reflecting on the way things are done it all yeah kind of crumples in on itself eventually <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. really covering both ends of the extreme yeah. <clears throat> um okay so let's take ourselves back to to games and see if there's any intersect between our mm -hmm. games and our practice mm -hmm. and actually something we've been doing at playful learning <laughs> is we've been putting our arms up in the air and doing a kind of like a oh really i've not i've missed out i only did that because of wayne's world they do it in wayne's world oh so oh, I take it from it Wayne's World. the last three mornings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I'm like in the morning. I probably wouldn't. Oh, no, I don't doing, make Are you the... doing the we not worthy, we're not worthy? No, no, no. The... <laughs> Let's go back to the... I mean, yes, I, I do do the we not worthy, but if I met Alice Cooper, of course I'd do that. But um, no, I've not made the 9.15 sessions any morning. <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you're listening, if you're listening for, <laughs> for learning, then just... I'm oh, sorry. Tisk, tisk. Yeah. Tisk, tisk. Or, or alternatively, hold your hold your morning things an hour later in the morning. Actually, that would be amazing. <laughs> that, would be, that would be my bit of feedback. Start the day at ten. <laughs> Start the day at ten with a nap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so tired. By the way, I guess um, actually before we carry on with the actual format of this, we should just say that um, we're not just like four. We're not just four strangers who met on a train and <laughs> agreed to I don't know randomly kill people in a sort of a ah, switch watch. Switch watch was it? Switch watch was the. Where you they, two guys decide they're going to murder each other? Yeah, well, flip flop. It's not flip flop. Flip, no, no. Oh, crisscross. Crisscross. There we go. We're doing like a you're crisscross. Not bit, crisscross. We're not doing like a four directional crisscross murder thing. We actually know each other from the Open University. Yeah. Uh, some of us are current incumbents. Mm -hmm. uh, other people are escapees. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> I was going to go alumnus and play it safe. Oh, that is good. Ooh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good with that one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So let's pull things back to um, uh, thinking about games, the characteristics of the games um, that you're passionate about and, and your practice. So, Liz, you were talking about terraforming Mars, about the systems, the intricacy, the, the multiple modes and the multiple approaches for that. Do you see an intersect of that at all with how you approach your practice? Um, I think probably two things jump to mind immediately. Um, the one is, I think, the the scenario-basedness of that. So with, with terraforming Mars, you you are literally terraforming Mars. That's the goal. And you can decide what kind of a person you're going to be. You can decide what kind of role you're going to play. But you're essentially being told, go forth and terraform Mars. Um, and you're being given the skills and things that you need to do that. Um, so and I think that, that experience-basedness, the, 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 the case studiness, the real base, the real scenario-basedness, that I like. So I think I definitely would echo that if, if that in my practice. Um, I really try hard to make sure that people are able to relate what I'm what I'm trying to help them learn. I really want them to be able to relate that back immediately to their practice and their own role and in their school or in their class or, you know, in their whatever field they happen to be because not everybody obviously who comes on to uh, comes on to an education program is an educator they may be somebody who's working as a learning technologist or 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 or, or you know kind of support or, or careers or anything so that i think that's one of them the other thing is those i'm really thinking about that that kind of barriers to barriers to entry idea so the something like like that kind of game there is scaffolding to help both the newbie and the expert and the game is designed to be able to kind of equalize that a little bit so that even if you're an expert, you're not going to run ahead. And what, what do they call it? Not alpha game it. Mm. Um, so it, the game is designed to not kind of allow one person to just run away with it. It's got loads of uh. checks and balances in order to make sure that you, when you're playing the game, you kind of not entirely sure how everybody is doing, but there's enough kind of challenges and blockers and 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 things to make sure that one person isn't just going to be like, oh yeah, I'll scoop in all the money. I've got all of the all of the heat. I've won all the oxygen. I'm now at 150 points, and too bad, so sad. You're never going to get there. So I think, but so I think there's something there about scaffolding, um, and also and, and about embedding equity and inclusivity by the sounds of things. Well, that's true. Actually, I hadn't even really thought of it that way because it and it is because the the game is literally designed to be able to make sure that if because one of the things that is really clever about the game is that there are three parameters that you have to achieve so you have to the uh, you have to heat the planet up to a point you have to um um, make sure that there's enough water is generated to a point and you have to make sure that there's enough oxygen to a point and all of those three things need to be achieved cooperatively in order for the game to progress so you're all playing your individual game as well as this kind of cooperative game. But those are almost like threshold concepts. You have to kind of meet all three of those. You may be approaching them in different ways, but the game is equalizing you so that you're all able to benefit from it, even if you're not the one who's kind of moved the chip past it. You'll get an extra bonus point if you have, but everybody does benefit from it. I haven't really thought very hard about this, so it's kind of that's making it up on the fly. I'm, I'm very much ambushing people with these questions. Yeah, no, so I think there's, so I think there's something there about that kind of, I think you're right, I think there is, there is a balancing that's been built in there to not advantage one person over another, and then you're really running through the scenario, and then the scenario is pushing, is pushing the, the experience. Yeah, I'm getting up from that sort of your 
discussion of the scenario as well, do you like perhaps having authentic objectives? Mm. Like having an objective in your practice and having that be authentic and, and relatable. And valuable. I mean, mm. you know, who wouldn't want a terraformed Mars? I mean, it's, it's, it's looking like an increasingly, like, you know, Mars is looking like the next place to move to, to be perfectly frank. Well, it is, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, aside from the people who are going to do the terraforming, but terraforming Mars is indeed about that because they're about horrible companies who are terraforming Mars. It's all very real. Um, is, uh, but, but yeah, no, you're right. I think the authentic, the authentic part is very important. And I, I sort of bang on a lot about authentic assessment um, and authentic assessment not just being, oh, yeah, you use Excel in your real world. Well, you should use Excel for this. It's actually about more than that. It's about, for instance, being able to create a portfolio of activity that says I've knitted these things together and sort of saying you have the skills to choose a number of different ways of doing this and I'm giving you a choice of what you could do um, so do you want to do an audio you know an ordinary rated powerpoint do you want to use an app to be able to demonstrate something and then help you make the choices and think through everything that you need to do in order to do that but ultimately making sure that there's parity in that so that just because you're really good at art doesn't mean that you get extra points for prettiness. It relates back to, does this work? Have you thought about the things? Um, you know, kind of, have you been intentional in your practice? And answering those questions, but you, but giving you something to be able to. The, the assignments that I found most useful when I did them were ones that I could then build on for another thing or do something with. So I do try and replicate that as much mm. as possible. Tangibility, authenticity, equity. Terraforming Mars. It's are a you great listening? Game. Are you it's listening? A cracking game. It really is. <laughs> I mean, I personally love the idea of Elon Musk pissing off to Mars, but that's just me. Oh well, yeah. But then we'd all that's if, if we all then have to piss off to Mars, and we're all with Elon Musk, and you know, know he you know he's going to live forever. I've got a list of people who can bugger off to Mars. <laughs> anyway, let's let's not get onto my list though, because I'm always... um, Alice. Alice, so um, you were talking about Outfoxed and about some of the characteristics of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so you discussed you know, the collaborative, the cooperative nature, but also the, the politics of senior leadership. <laughs> what, the leadership, yeah. the complexity and the simplicity. You mentioned both um, a, sort of, uh, an, a top level simplicity, but underlying complexity. So do you see that reflected at all in your practice? And by the sounds of things, if that's not a leading question. Mm. <laughs> it sounds like you've got the answer there. Sorry, Alice, go on. No, 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 that's interesting. I, I, I don't think I can take it quite as far as Liz did with, <laughs> with her answer there. But there is, I mean, there's a really basic theme there around collaboration. Um, and that's really at the heart of everything that I'm doing at the moment in my work is trying to bring the right people together to work together at the right time. And actually, that's really, that's really when you sort of, the magic happens when you've got the right academic expertise with the right media specialists, with the you know all the right people with the right skills working together genuinely collaboratively. That's when we see the really brilliant, the really brilliant learning designs coming together. The you know really well developed student experiences, well scaffolded, well executed, and you get the you know a much better experience for the staff involved in doing that, and also a much better experience for the students. But bringing people together at the beginning and creating that cohesion and that genuine collaboration across those different roles is really challenging. So I think that's the connection to our Fox is the um, is the collaborative elements that and I think maybe with maybe more so with other collaborative games where you've got different roles within a, a in, a, in a, a cooperative game so I don't think in Outfox I think everyone's kind of in it together trying to figure it out but in other 
Um, in other cooperative games, you do have sort of designated roles that people are playing, but you've all got that shared goal that you're working towards. And that's a lot of a lot of my work at the moment is the, bringing those teams together and realising everyone's trying to achieve the same thing. Um, everyone needs to have their eyes on that that student experience and not worrying about all of the internal politics and who owns what process and all that kind of fun. Yeah. By the way, our listeners might be able to hear the eye roll. <laughs> we could yeah. we could hear the you eye roll. The yeah, I mean, it was literally, it was a full circuit. It was uh, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, yes. Well, thanks very much for that. So, um, see, what I'd normally do here actually is maybe do a little follow-up question about how, you know, have games influenced your practice? But actually, I think, to some extent, I think we've covered a lot of the stuff here, like mm. a lot of the meat. So instead, I'm going to end on a better question, which is, and I think, Mark, you and I should answer this as well. Okay. But we'll start with Alice. Oh, no. Good. <laughs> if you were a board game, what board game would you be? Oh, goodness me. Oh, my God. Oh, I, can I have a bit of time to think about that? My yeah, poor tie brain. <laughs> um... How is this the hardest question? It is such a really, it is such a hard question because because you don't want it to be you don't want it to be a, just a game that you like. No, um, I think. Like if, if I think if I yeah, I think if I were a board game, <laughs> I would probably be Dead of Winter, <laughs> where it really is a case of it's, it's a case of just trying to survive. <laughs> some days it's just like just trying to survive yeah. don't make too much noise you'll attract zombies don't do that <laughs> but occasionally but and then occasionally having to go sacrifice helpless survivors because you're like i'm sorry we just don't have enough food for you too bad says so that it's just the way it feels that's just the way it feels some days <laughs> uh, okay i think i might go for the sock game so uh, just like a big jumble of all sorts of stuff some days i might pull out the right thing out the bag other days you know you're gonna get a, i don't know paper clip <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go with exploding kittens <laughs> because i mean i'd like to be one of the big strategy games so yeah like like i don't know i mean i've got dune the board game that's a, a belter I, I haven't got it out of the box yet because it's like oh my god all these rules and all these different factions and you've got to try and work out this faction does this and that one does that and same with brass birmingham it's like oh okay there's all these resources you've got to manage and i would love to be somebody that really took to those games and managed them okay but the thing about exploding kittens is there's just a few basic rules you only have a few choices at any one time and everything is led entirely by what that last card does and i think that's what i'm like it's like yes i would like to be into these big strategies and planning ahead and you know like working different factions together and working out a narrative through all that but really i'm kind of just reacting to what's under my nose at any one particular time and for trying to figure out what is the best card to replay and play in response to that i love that i love i love that you're not only a game of exploding kittens but you're a game of exploding kittens that's looking at a shrink-wrapped copy of Dune. <laughs> <laughs> that should be my life. That could be what I did. If I could just get my head around that, I would love to be, I not only love to play that, but love to be the kind of person that loved to play that. Mm. And so there's the whole, so this is where the imposter syndrome comes from because it's like, I want to be, I want to be the Dune master. Um, you know, I mean, I can watch the Dune videos and say, oh, actually, you're playing that, that rule's wrong there because it doesn't match up to that. But I know once I get into the game, all of that's going to go out of my head and I'm not going to have any fun because I'm going to be spending half an hour every turn trying to work out what it is I'm supposed to be doing. Whereas Exploding Kittens, you know, 
And then, but then, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I've got an extended metaphor now. But where I screwed up with Exploding Kittens was I bought all the expansion sets and now it's too complicated for me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a man who's been burned by Arkham Horror. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's all I've got out of the box, yeah. <laughs> we did a trailer at House on the Hill for the first time recently. Oh. We were pleased by how simple it actually was once you got past the disgusting rules. They were terrible. Oh, I, I went to friends place uh, and his friends we went down and stayed with them in Brighton and they get oh you like games you can read the rules while we go and make oh, dinner God. so they're all in the kitchen making dinner getting really drunk and I'm sitting there going through page after page of rules trying to work out how all the cards work and all that and then they all came back in and they were obviously too drunk to play Betrayal at House on the Hill and there was me just spent the last hour and a half trying to read the rules oh, no. like, I'm never doing this again never make me the rules the rules explainer <laughs> it's the worst rule, role in any game that you ever get it out is, of the box so no yeah, yeah. yeah the other one I really like would be just somebody to tell me what to do on my shoulder throughout the entire game mm, that would be good maybe that's, uh, maybe that's a business idea like an well, I, AI that tells you how to play no I, I had game the idea maker, isn't yeah. game maker in a board game cafe yeah. Mm. yeah yeah they do a really good one will do such a good job of that yeah. I mean, I thought of it as being a sort of, you know, the really rich people that get people around to like cook for them and do that sort of stuff. Oh, I like rich that. Rich people who have a games night. You go along and you come up with your box of games and you're the games explainer for all these rich people sitting around their games can we, nights. Can we call them a game sommelier? Yeah. That's sommelier, yeah. Hello, Mr. Child. <laughs> <laughs> I see you've got Ludo out. <laughs> now, what you've done there is you've mixed up the bits from the box of Betrayed House on the Hill. So you could have a little meeple and some dice here, but what you actually have is a monster and a Frankenstein. <laughs> I, see, I think if it was me, it would be my own copy of Lego Creationary. Um, because I've never played, I've wanted to play that for well, a long time. It's, it's great fun. Yeah. I do feel that I'm a bit like a big box of jumbled up creative bits sometimes. But I say my copy because I've lost the rules. Uh, so I generally just sort of, I kind of have a guess at what the rules should be. And I feel like <laughs> I don't really have a map for what I do ever. But I've just got this kind of big jumble of stuff that could sort of fit together and might be entertaining some. Yeah, that's that's I, I am my own copy of um, Missing Rules Creationary. Um, I'm going to wrap us up. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. This has been great. I've had a lovely time chatting about games with you. Have you had a good time? Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Okay, so... Uh, Let's wrap this up here then. So thank you very much for listening. You can subscribe to us on all of your favorite apps, feeds, iTunes, and at our website, pedagodzilla.com. You can also follow us and get in touch via Twitter. I am at Pedagodzilla. I am at Mark Childs. I am at Liz underscore Isabella. I am at Alice I Gallic. Um, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, if you did, then why not uh, have it uh, carved into the bottom of your shoe and then take a romantic run along a sandy soft beach so that when a dog walker goes by later on he sees like just the URL stamped across the beach and then he thinks about that joke about Jesus it's not a joke actually it's like a parable isn't it of like oh there were two sets of footsteps and then there was one but oh that's when Jesus was carrying you except that while he's thinking about who he's seeing the URL it'll be embedded he'll go home he'll google it he might learn something um, can I just anyway. point out that it would be in, it would be reflected it would be mirror, mirror reverse I'd like to think you'd kind of you need to carve it in backwards on your thing so it oh okay yeah. imprint. I mean otherwise he'd be looking at it going Mock Alina Godzilla's. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've gone to pedagodzilla.www. That's where, yeah, it would be alizadog. alizadog.www. I've been there and it makes no sense whatsoever. Anyway, we love you lots and we'll see you next time on Pedagodzilla. Goodbye now. Bye. It's getting worse and worse and worse. <laughs>